listener, and welcome back to Serendipity City. This week, we've got another shorter episode as we catch up with Vex and her alchemist-related shenanigans. But don't worry, the next episode, uh, the last in this mission, is going to be longer to make up for it. The recording starts with a recap, so I won't keep you too long, but I did want to say that we're still looking for questions, so if you have any questions about the world or the characters for me or the players, let us know on Twitter or Tumblr at the links in the show notes. Okay, now that that's over with, let's get into the episode. Gail came to into the bar, was looking for help because something is sabotaging the grove magically. Vex and Charlie went back to your apartment to perform Sanctum Sanctorum. A book manifested on the ground in front of you and flipped to a page. Several of the following pages were missing, uh, but the section that remained out of that book was talking about how to perform curses on particularly powerful people, places, or things. Speaking of um, vocal warm-ups, by taking an element of that person, place, or thing like dirt, hair, et cetera, and taking it to somewhere else and then binding it with a magical object, which would be used to drain the life force. You, Vex, talked to Bugsy, who suggested that it was either the sorcerers or the alchemists. You turned Charlie into a cat and then went to the marketplace to investigate. <laughs> that shit was tight, though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Somebody, um, her name is Patricia. She She's a listener and we're like Facebook friends. And she sent me a pictures. She's like, the whole time I was listening to this, the only thing I could think of was my sister's cat. And he's like, a, he's a tuxedo cat, but he's super derpy looking. He has like vampire fangs Aww. and like a constant tiny blep. And his eyes are slightly crossed and they're like brown green. <laughs> That's exactly what it was like. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh my God, this is so good. This cat is amazing. Yeah, so you turned Charlie into a slightly derpy cat with uh, an internal monologue and then went to the marketplace where you ran into a shop owner, Eli, who, uh, due to your charms, uh, was flustered into referring both of you, well, you, uh, to the initiate ceremony, and you wound up sort of inadvertently stealing one of the fancy robes via your charms. Uh, you went to the initiate ceremony and you passed all of the tests, very much also charmed. It was a very charming episode for Vex. Yeah, which doesn't, I mean... Listen, like Vex can turn it on when she needs to turn it on, <laughs> but in like 99% of the time, she doesn't give a fuck about anybody. Yeah, it was it was an, an unusually charming episode. And so you talked to um, one of the head people there, uh, the initiators, initiates. No, I don't know. One of the people in charge um, who was talking, who asked after a line of your questions, uh, told you about an alchemist who used to be a former druid who had recently joined the ranks, um, but had moved up fairly quickly within the last like three to four months. And then you went back home uh, uneventfully. And this is, we cut to the next morning where you are getting up and I'm assuming going back to the alchemy school is the plan. Yeah. When am I, I'm supposed to show up. Do I have a good time? Because Bex probably wants to sleep in and she probably wants to stop by the bar for a bit before she goes. I think we said, I don't think we said an exact time. I think we said like 9 or 10 a.m. So, yeah, you can uh, you can have a little like Irish coffee, I guess. (laughs) Well, I guess um, 9 or 10 a.m. is going to be pretty early for Bex um, just in general. So I doubt what I'm imagining is her magical alarm goes off and she's like still sleeping. So, yeah, the alarm goes off and you see Vex and she's still like dead asleep. Um, (laughs) The alarm goes off again. She picks it up. She looks at it. She turns it off. She goes back to sleep. The alarm goes off again and she finally rolls out of bed Um, and then cut to a montage of like the most boring montage in the world (laughs) because she pretty much just wears the same thing. Um, 
she doesn't really shower. She just kind of like washes her face and like runs her fingers through her hair, uh, tosses on her, her little thigh length trench coat. And she, I guess she gets her, pulls the robes with her. She's got them like, she's holding them behind her back with like her finger. So it's like, she's like a cool kid, you know, <laughs> like if she were a greaser with a leather jacket. <laughs> um, and she's on her way. Um, we should address. Evan. So Evan had a scheduling conflict, which works out perfectly fine because there was not very much for Charles to do anyway. So for the purposes of this, this little vignette, also Charles is probably still sleeping off whatever he did the night before at nine or 10 AM in the morning. I would imagine. Oh yeah, for sure. There's I think no- that Vex is doing him a favor by not waking him up right now. Yes. Uh, so yeah, you, Charles was just like, you know, you can count me out. Not super interested. And Vex is doing this mission on her own. So we see you like cutting through the streets, weaving back to the same place that you were at before. Um, in the daylight, the building doesn't look much different. It's still like a mildly dilapidated. Um, I think we talked about how like it didn't look super clean on the, like it looks much better on the inside than the outside. It looks a little rundown. It's kind of in like a slightly rundown neighborhood. And there is the same security guard that you saw the night before, but this time, instead of giving you a hard time and like asking you questions, he just sees you walking up and like gives you one of those like acknowledging head nods and uh, steps aside so that you can walk through because he's going to remember you from the night before. Sup big fella. He just looks at you. Oh, I'm still walking. I don't stop. Oh, okay. I'm walking by and I'm just like, sup, big fella. And I just keep walking. All right. Yeah. He like does some big guy grunt that I'm not going to do. Acknowledging that he heard you, but not in like a weird way. Like, hmm. So when you walk inside, you see probably like 25% of the people who were there the night before, which, so I don't think it's a huge class. It's like what we talked about there being like 20 or 30 people. So I think it's probably like, let's say like five or six people, like five to 10 um, right. students. I like that a smaller student to teacher ratio, you get more one-on-one time. Yeah. It's important in an educational uh, facility. So you walk in and um, everybody, for the most part, the other wannabe alchemists are, um, which I guess, I guess saying that implies that Vex is a wannabe alchemist, uh, but she's an undercover wannabe alchemist. Bitch, I am an alchemist. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> but I could be. You could be if you applied yourself. I pretty much could master all of the magics, so don't press me. You believe in yourself, and that's what's important. I do. <laughs> I don't believe in anyone else, actually, to be fair. <laughs> uh, this is, yes, it's like the moment when Ira realized that he was the only adult on the other other crew. Um, I work alone. Yeah, so everybody is like mildly dressed up, not like super duper fancy, but like the equivalent of business casual. Um, and <laughs> well, I guess I'm underdressed. And then Beck strolls in in her fishnets. Oh, she, she doesn't give a shit though. She's yeah, like, I'm sure that she's just like, yeah. Um, all these fucking nerds. <laughs> the thing is, is without Charlie, she doesn't have anybody to crack jokes at. But she's still cracking the jokes under her breath. Yeah. So everybody probably thinks that she probably has some sort of mental illness. <laughs> or maybe an invisible familiar something. I mean, that's pushing it, but okay. Hey, anything can happen. Um, yeah, so everybody is like mildly dressed up. You probably get a couple of sideways glances, but most of the people who were there seem like way too preoccupied. Like they're nervous, right? Um, there's definitely a lot of people who are extremely excited to be here and are like very keep their eyes on their own paper don't care what anybody else is doing they're just super focused on like impressing whoever they need to impress there's someone like wandering around the room with like 
soda water, Coca-Cola, something, um, magical Coca-Cola and coffee, uh, like offering it to people. I like run up to that person and like yoink a coffee, like as fast as I can, just like, cause I did not make myself coffee. I assumed they would have refreshments <laughs> at this establishment because I was led to believe that from the last time I was there and I don't have a ton of money so I'm all about that free shit so I probably yeah so I I was like filling it I was feeling the idea that they were gonna have refreshments there and I'm gobbling up that coffee I'm gonna give myself acid reflux but it's totally worth it yeah, so you um, yank, like, a mug of coffee off of this, like, tray, and the person, the server looks mildly taken aback, and then they're like, uh, cream and sugar? Nah, do I look like a pussy? All right, thanks, miss. <laughs> uh, after a couple of minutes of, like, everyone milling around, and, like, the students who are super obsessed, um, like, super clearly, like, putting a lot of pressure on themselves already, like, not paying attention to anyone else, uh, someone comes in, it's the same woman from the night before, the last woman who did your interviews. And she's like, all right, are you all ready to get started? And everybody's like, I'm assuming it's probably one of those awkward things. Actually, yeah, what I imagine is it's one of those awkward things where it's like you're in training for like a minimum wage job and somebody walks in and they're like, all right, are you ready to change the world? And you're like, I'm getting paid $7 an hour. I don't care. Like, I don't know how to respond to this to make you continue. Except yeah, it's Vex probably- is not speaking at all. She doesn't. She's not responding. Yeah, so it's probably, with the other students, I imagine it's probably more of just, like, a mixture of nerves and awkwardness um, with Vex. I imagine there's probably maybe, like, one or two other people there who are kind of like, is this is this what we're doing, really? I Like, I'm here to learn things. So, um, the building is, I don't think we talked about the interior that much before. The building is, like, three stories. Um, you can see on the first floor, there's, like, this large sort of, atrium i guess which is where everybody's at right now i forgot that i was gonna i fucking forgot um to channel before i left i meant to do that before i left the house you could sneak off to the bathroom and channel yeah let me can i do that yes 10 i get three hold awesome okay there's an atrium there's like chase lounges in the atrium there's uh like stairs there's two stairs there's Three stories total, so ground floor, two floors above that. Last time you went up to the second floor, you did not go up to the third floor. The second, there are, there's like obvious, there's an obvious staircase up to the second floor. Off to the side of the atrium, there's like a hallway where there's restrooms and a couple of other doors, but none of them are labeled. Uh, so there's the obvious stairs up to the second floor, then at the second floor, and once you get up there, or I guess like the last time you were up there when it was set up for tests, for individual tests, it had like a similar layout, except instead of the atrium, it was sort of like a, just like a large open area with tables and chairs off to one side, like a community area that could be used for whatever purposes. You sneak off to the bathroom to channel, which just looks like meditating, right? It's like, just like, I don't know. What does it look like? Yeah, I channel? sit on the toilet and think for a long time. <laughs> Which how, is how, what I normally do while I'm sitting on the toilet. How long do you how long do you sit on the toilet and think for it to channel? What did I eat the night before? <laughs> I, I don't know. Let's say like six minutes. <laughs> uh, okay, so you, I'm assuming, do you like slam the coffee or do you sip on it? Like oh, I slam it. Okay, yes. <laughs> and then I get another one. You slam it, you get another one, and then, then take... I sip that one. To sip that <laughs> Take it into the bathroom. No, I slam it. I bathroom. I come back. I get a new one. I sip it. Slam. 
bath, sip. Okay, uh, the patented Vex technique for dealing with your mornings. As you come out of the bathroom, you see that like the other students are being ushered upstairs. The person who served you the coffee before is kind of like looking around, like clearly trying to make sure there aren't any stragglers. So when they see you, they kind of like wave you over. Um, I'm assuming you just like, do you, do you say anything to them about the coffee or do you just grab another coffee off the tray as you walk by? Oh, no, I don't say anything. So you grab another coffee off the tray as you walk by. They don't bother asking you about cream and sugar this time. And you walk up the stairs and basically like everybody's this time, instead of having um, like the long tables for tests and then the booths off to the side for like the individual interviews, it's sort of just set up uh, with the long tables, uh, no individual booths. And there's like a very clear workstation designated. Each of the tables has been split up with like chalk, a chalk line that designates a specific workstation and everybody is slowly filing to their seats um, while someone is like standing at the front of the room, basically telling people to pick a workstation. Do you do anything in particular or just like find an empty spot? Well, um, I'm assuming that we're going to be like partnered up in this activity. Um, she hasn't told you anything about what well, you'll be doing. How many spaces are there? There's a space for every student. Oh, well then I want to get, I want to be in the front uh, stage left. I want to be able to see her and I want to be able to like assess what's going on, but I'm not a fucking nerd. <laughs> okay. So yeah. So, um, she like sees you, she gives you like a little like a wink and like a tiny wave when she sees you sit down. Cause this was like the, uh, the person who really liked you. Sup teach. She nods and smiles and is like, oh, yes. Hi. Hello. And uh, gives you a gives you a nod. And then she launches. She's like, all right, class. Um, I'm so excited to have you here. It's always a great day when we get to have a new crop of alchemists uh, welcomed into our ancient and yet modern art. And then she launches like directly into a lecture. And there's like some hands on work. But basically the next two hours are going to be like it's like the magical equivalent of chemistry Ugh, i hate science <laughs> yeah chemistry was always my least favorite too probably because i was very bad it's at science it. with math <laughs> yes it's the worst uh yeah so it's like it's basically the equivalent of that like she's talking about instead of like the periodic uh table of elements it's like the magical table of elements and so there's like properties associated with each thing there's like the um you know like the humors that it's associated with the astrological sign that it's associated with the like cardinal element like it's it's like this whole thing so you're basically getting like a list of elements and like she's talking about how these different elements combine and how that creates something new and how you can transmogrify something from this to that using alchemy and it's there's not a lot of hands-on work she's basically just like it's a big info dump uh there's a chalkboard at the front of the room and she's like drawing on it as she talks and explaining all of this but there's not like every now and then she'll be like all right so now you can see like you have you know a piece of pyrite and a piece of quartz and you can like do this specific incantation which invokes these magical elements and see how it changes but it's like mostly just really elementary stuff so it's like a lot like we're hands-on in it yeah like oh, every well, now and i then. like knock it out of the park yeah yeah so it's like every night but it's also like it's not even a test it's just like it's basically just like like 30 minutes of theory and then five minutes of getting to do something because she's like desperately trying to um, retain people's attention. You can tell that this is right, but I'm obviously the best at those five <laughs> minutes because those five minutes only take me two. 
Okay. You know, you should roll some dice for that. <laughs> what are we going to have you roll? Um, just roll Just roll me 2d6 plus spirit. That makes sense. Fucking 12. <laughs> I told you. Now I did it in a minute and a half. <laughs> yeah. You're knocking it out of the park. You're doing these tests that are supposed to take five minutes in like 30 to 90 seconds. Um, she's like very clearly impressed. Well, I'm fucking impressed. I think I'm like, even I'm just kind of like, huh, maybe I should like change careers. <laughs> like I seem to be really fucking good at this. Like, can I make booze with alchemy? Hmm. <laughs> Can I make magically infused booze? I think I can use this for money. (laughs) I just got to figure out the best way to do it where I don't have to do any actual work. The dream. I can figure it out. I'm sure. If Silicon Valley can figure it out, I'm sure you can too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so that's like the first three hours of the day and then there's a break for lunch during which uh one of the servers that was below it's a different server than the morning server um comes up and is like dishing out little sandwiches with the crust cut off and like cut into diagonals like are we in fucking kindergarten yeah you're in alchemist kindergarten that's what this is well okay (laughs) well that was all very boring Yes, it was all very boring. Do you do, you get like a 30 minute lunch break. Are you doing anything on that? Like, do you? Yes, I want to see where is old girl during lunch. Oh, the teacher? Yeah. Um, She is sitting up. There's like a, having a teacher desk at the front next to the chalkboard, like feels a little on the nose, but I also can't, like that also makes sense. So yeah, Yeah. she's like at a teacher desk up at the front um, going over the notes for the afternoon. So like, can I tell where her, like, are there any doors to like offices or like, or is it just one big old room? There are like, there's not the same hallway that's on the first floor. So on the first floor, there's a hallway that has like four doors on it. One of those doors is the bathroom. The staircase is not behind a door. It's like in another corner of the room on the second floor. There's like sort of a little alcove. Like it's not a true hallway. There's just like opposite the stairs. There's, two doors but that's it there's not like a full hallway all right well i'm interested in what these doors go to okay are you just gonna walk up and open them or no okay listen girl give me a second (laughs) um i think that um so i have like 30 minutes i don't have to stay in the room yeah you're allowed to she she even says something she's like all right we're gonna break for lunch um you will be served a small meal if you want to you can take a walk around the block stretch your legs uh go outside find something to experiment on whatever floats your boat i'll be over here eating lunch if you have any questions or want some one-on-one time and we will meet back here at one o'clock so i guess what i want to do is like first i'm gonna walk down the stairs and just kind of like scope out the sitch with the doors like, is there anything that seems like it would be a problem for me getting in? So you're going to um, roll for this. I'm going to make you roll assess, um, which will be 2d6 plus mind. Nine. All right. So you get um, one of the following questions, or if we need to, we can modify it. Eight. That is, and then you take plus one forward when acting on the answers, which is something that we forgot before. So I want to make sure to say that. So... Uh, the, the questions are, what potential complication do I need to be wary of? What do I notice despite an effort to conceal it? How is blank vulnerable to me? How can I avoid trouble or hide here? What is my best way in, way out, way past? Where can I gain the most advantage? Who or what is my biggest threat in the situation? And who or what is in control here? Well, I mean, in general, I don't. there's not like a guard out front, right? There's someone doing like security for the building, but there's not anything inside. All right. That's, I just want to make sure. Um... So, like, I'm just trying to be sneaky, Um, but this is a magic lady. So I'd like to know if 
there is like a booby, like a magical booby trap on the doors of any kind before I sneak in them. So is that, what is my base weight in? Or is it, what do I notice despite an effort to conceal? I think that would be like, what do I notice despite an effort to conceal it? So what you notice is that, I'm assuming that Vex has some kind of like, I don't know, trance state or something that she slips into when she, like, where she could, like, say, read auras, something like that. Like, is there something where you could, like, read the magic traces? So what you notice is that um, if you, like, sort of let your eyes unfocus and read the energy of, like, the room or that area of the room, one of the doors has extremely strong warding on it. Uh, You don't know what would happen if you tried to break into it, but there's... Like, there is very clearly, one of the doors has very clearly been specifically enchanted to try and keep intruders out. Tight, tight, tight. I'm going to teleport into that one. Okay. I'm inside. Now what happens? Am I dead? (laughs) You're not dead. You teleport to the other side. And what happens is that, like, as you, what does it feel like when you teleport? What does it feel like? I mean, it feels like my body... Moves from one place to the other in a very <laughs> short period of time. I'm not trying to be a smart ass. I'm just no. like, so so whatever it feels like normally, it, it feels like that for like a split second. Like you're gone, you're there, you open your eyes, you see a long staircase in front of you with a dim light at the end, sort of a dim, like sickly green light down at the bottom of the staircase. And then your vision gets blurry. And it feels like you're stuck in jello. Like in a dream when you're trying to punch somebody? Yes, exactly. Oh, no, like that. I hate that. Like that moment when you like bounce on a trampoline and you like hit it and everything slows down and then it flings you back up. Like that happens and you find yourself back on the other side of the door. Mm. And if your magical aura sensors are still going, you can tell that the color of the door, the wording on the door changed. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to casually leave. <laughs> no, I don't think I want to leave. Hi. Well, I should leave. Like, I have no other reason to be here now. I got to lead. I know where we want to go. Yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you want to stick around, I won't stop you. Um, I will say that based on your read of the aura, whatever wards were there. They're like alarming. Yeah. So. Yeah, they're doing like the magical visual equivalent of wailing sirens. All right, tight, 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 tight. All right, I'm going to roll veil. I mean, I'm going to veil, which means I'm going to go invisible. And I'm going to run as fast as I can to my motorcycle and get the fuck out of here. All right. So, okay. So um, escape is 2d6 plus blood. Got nothing in blood, though. (laughs) Seven. Okay, on a seven to nine, you're going to choose two. Um, your options are you suffer harm during your escape. You end up in another dangerous situation. You leave something important behind. Oh, and then there's you owe someone a debt for your escape, um, which as a swap out for that, I will say someone notices you leaving and like sees your face. So yeah, so uh, somebody notices me leaving. Done, done, done. And also I'm going to take some harm. Awesome. Okay, so as you get that, like, sort of energetic recoil, um, yeah, you have a splitting headache. Like, you get a little bit of a nosebleed. These motherfuckers. (laughs) And then we see you, like, turn.
turn invisible and peace out. In the corner of the room, we see like the camera sees in such a way that implies that this person is also invisible or is somehow glamored so that they are not readily apparent to the average person. We see a woman standing in a corner with her arms crossed, um, an extremely unimpressed look on her face as she observes this and watches you leave and then walks to the window and like sees the motorcycle start itself. She sees your motorcycle and she sees Phantom your face. Phantom cycle. Yes. Ghost rider. <laughs> really? I didn't, I missed that one. I'm very smart today. Uh, yes. Ghost so Rider. I like Phantom Cycle. Except that implies that the motorcycle is a, is a ghost. Incorporeal. You know, that motorcycle has some unfinished business here on Earth. Wait, how far away did you park the motorcycle? Oh, I probably parked it on the fucking lawn, to be honest. <laughs> uh, the Phantom Cycle rolls down the street. The security guard sees, like, the security <laughs> guard is outside smoking and sees this happen and is just like, Yo, Dan, did you see that? What, Chad? You didn't see that, man? The motorcycle just went off by itself. All right, Chad. And we see the woman um, staring through the window and then, like, fade to black on her ominous-looking face. It's a foreboding expression. She coming for me! And then I'm gonna... I think that what I'm gonna do is... At this point, I feel like head back to the bar. Try to yeah. see if any homies are there. Yeah, by this point, it's probably like one. By the time you get back to the bar, it'll probably be like one thirty, two in the afternoon. Um, so there is a decent chance that everyone will be back there. Uh, and we will pick back up there next time in Serendipity City. Thanks for listening to Serendipity City. All of our player and cast information is in the show notes, along with the link to our community discord and other social media. Want to get an NPC named after you? In addition to becoming a patron, you can now also be entered in the NPC name lottery by tagging us on Twitter with a tweet about the show or writing a review on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts and tweeting a screen cap at us. Don't forget to check out the Patreon to get sneak peeks, behind-the-scenes content, and other bonus stuff. We're only a few dollars away from our first goal, and once we meet that, we'll do a bonus episode of Serendipity City with me as a player, playing Fiasco, which is a really fun game that's very well suited to the tone of the podcast. If you want to see that happen, make sure to take a look at the link in the description and also on our site at serendipitypod.com. Many, many thanks to patrons like Melody Burton for making it possible for me to spend more time on this. We're playing a combination of The Sprawl by Hamish Cameron and Urban Shadows by Andrew Medeiros and Mark Diaz Truman, with a few things added in here and there from Dungeon World by Sage Latora and Adam Koval. All of these are hacks of Apocalypse World. Sound effects and music were a combination of public domain and free use, with a full track list in the episode description and battle words. Our next episode will go up August 7th. If you're enjoying the show, please consider rating and reviewing or telling a friend about us. That's the only way we can find new listeners. Thanks again for listening and have a great day.